are listening to the Q's Podcast, Episode 71. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Q's Podcast. This is the forum where we connect you with credit union industry leaders as well as cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners out there. I want to give thanks for all our listeners in Houston, Texas, Alpena, Michigan, my hometown, West Bend, Wisconsin, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, Marion, Ohio, Clearwater, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee, Parkville, Maryland, Franklin, Indiana, Appleton, Wisconsin, Visalia, California, and all our listeners from Kalamazoo and East Lansing, Michigan. There are, of course, too many cities to name right now, but we appreciate everyone who listens to the show. Did you know the Q's podcast has listeners from 33 different countries from around the world? Thanks to all our listeners from Canada, Uruguay, Spain, Ireland, Puerto Rico, the Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Egypt, and Germany, and so many more. We thank you for your support of the show. We're happy you're finding great value in the show. It's about people helping people. What you and your organizations are doing is making a positive impact in the lives in your community. It's fun producing the show. We care about your growth. That's why I'm excited to tell you about our new content website, cumanagement.com. If you have not already visited, I want to encourage you to do so. I think you'll end up spending a lot of time on the site. cumanagement.com is a great everyday resource for you and your team. So be sure to tell everybody about that. Now, today's guest is Gerlando Jackson. Dr. Jackson is a globally recognized organizational scientist, leadership strategist, entrepreneur, and university professor. His seminal research has focused on organizational science with a special interest in hiring practices, career mobility, workforce diversity, and workplace discrimination. He is recognized as the chief architect of the study of organizational disparities, which is an emerging subfield of organizational studies. He has served as a board member or advisor to various organizations that includes universities, nonprofits, startups, and established companies. Some highlights of this interview include Dr. Jackson's definition of workplace diversity and inclusion, a means for credit union executives and boards to prioritize diversity and inclusion efforts, a list of potential roadblocks that teams may encounter, and real action that individuals can take to make a positive difference for their organization. All right, Q's Podcast Nation, here's my interview with Dr. Jackson. Hi, Dr. Jackson. Thank you for connecting with our listeners on the Q's Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for the invitation to visit with you and your audience today. I look forward to sharing some perspectives on diversity and inclusion. So let's get started here. Could you please share with our listeners about the various roles you serve related to diversity and inclusion? My primary identity is as a professor. At the University of Wisconsin at Madison, I wear three hats. The first one, I am the Vilas Distinguished Professor of Higher Education. Second, I serve as chair of our Department of Educational and Leadership and Policy Analysis. Third, I am the founding director and chief research scientist of Wisconsin's Equity and Inclusion Laboratory, which we refer to as the WeLab. But I am really excited today to share that I am in the startup phase of designing a learning and professional development experience 
the Organizational Disparities Institute to accommodate demands and requests from leaders that want to effectively address disparities in their organizations. Now, Dr. Jackson, I often start this show with a bit of inspiration. Do you have a mantra or success quote that you live by professionally? I do. I will often share with others that organizations are made up of people. It is the people and their decision-making that we want to change. I use this statement to remind me and both the people I work with that organizations don't do or not do, but rather the people we empower to lead these organizations do or don't do. If I walked into a credit union right now, it is not the walls I'm attempting to change, but the people with inside those walls. Credit unions, like other organizations, and perhaps more so, are the people leading them, and in this case, certainly the members. I, I like that clarification there. Credit unions have been founded on the principle of people helping people. Dr. Jackson, we can use this form to develop a framework for understanding that diversity in credit unions is a good investment. Let's start off broadly and then break down this larger subject of diversity inclusion into easier to understand contextual nuggets so that the conversation can ultimately serve as a source of taking action. So, and that's a good way to, to leave our discussion today is showcase some action pieces. So uh, let's start initially here. Could you explain organizational diversity and inclusion? How do you define diversity? How do you define inclusion? Allow me to take each term separately and then discuss the confluence of the two. First, diversity represents the full spectrum of human differences, such as race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, age, and socioeconomic status, as well as religion and physical abilities and political beliefs. It is also critical for organizations to consider lifestyles, personality characteristics, perspectives that people bring, their opinions, their family composition, and education level as well. Next, inclusion has to be understood as very different from diversity. It is not simply compiling a collection of diverse demographic characteristics uh, that will make the difference in an organization performance, but rather the ability to cultivate that there's a sense of community. In particular, an inclusive organization promotes and sustains a sense of belonging. It values and practices respect for the talents, beliefs, and backgrounds, as well as the ways of living of its members. And finally, the confluence of these two concepts is where the magic happens. When an organization commits to diversity and inclusion, it manifests itself through a bold mission, strategic priorities, and high-impact practices to support a diverse workplace and leverage the effects of diversity to achieve a competitive advantage with a highly skilled workforce 
and the capacity to relate to the full spectrum of customers. And in this case, we're talking about members of credit unions. Why should credit union executives prioritize diversity and inclusion? There are many fundamental reasons why diversity and inclusion, and I'll say D&I, uh, should be a priority for credit union executives. But, but I'll focus on one today, and that is being relevant to today's consumer as well as today's worker. Today's consumer and worker is much more focused on their experience and the social conscience of those they do business with and work for. Let's take, for example, the music industry. In a 10-year period, it has moved from physical CDs to digital playlists to online streaming. And this transition signals a different perspective on the views of ownership with the physical disc of songs that matter to you to online streaming where you have access to general uh, music uh, that you care about but access to all other types of music as well. Concurrently, artists have been more bold and forthright about their experiences with record labels. And in turn, many have taken their careers in their own hands. Similarly, artists have been more outspoken about disparities in awards given to top performers. Going as far to, as to boycott key award shows, you're asking, how does any of this connect to DNI and credit unions? Let me tell you. First, diverse and inclusive organizations have better competitive edge. They have a better competitive edge. A diverse workforce translates to having greater access to a larger toolkit for known and unknown challenges. Number two. Diversity often means higher financial performance. A diverse workforce, and especially a diverse leadership team, improves the capacity of an organization to connect with the increasingly diverse consumer base. Third, diversity and inclusion bridges the talent gap. The financial industry was largely built by white males. From a sheer numbers perspective, without being more inclusive in hiring, credit unions will have trouble filling existing gaps in their workforce and definitely going forward as our nation becomes less and less um, and more and more diverse, rather. Number four, diverse and inclusive organizations have increased adaptability because you have access within your organization to the talent pool and experiences that align with changes in the world and how people see their relationships with money and the organizations that manage their money. Would you have ever thought that you might use the financial services of an organization without ever walking in the door of the building to talk with someone in person well, we are certainly at that point, and I don't see us turning back. Fifth, 
Diversity and inclusion promotes creativity and innovation. It is no secret by now that we need people on our team that think differently than we do and who bring completely different skills to the table as well. And finally, millennials seek diversity and inclusion at work. The modern worker wants a diverse workplace, not only for the improved organizational outcomes, but also for their own personal and professional development. Today's workers want to still learn and grow at work, and a diverse workplace is a key ingredient to doing that. What a great resource here, and we'll make sure that those pieces are added to our show notes on cumanagement.com slash podcast. Diversification breeds innovation, and that can be one of your competitive advantages. What a great, great list there. Thank you so much. Let's talk about some of the roadblocks. What roadblocks should credit union executives expect? Well, there are many possibilities. I won't profess I'll give you all of them today, but I will discuss five potential roadblocks that you will surely encounter. And consider these roadblocks as opportunities to do well in this process also. The first roadblock is definition. Developing an organizational understanding of diversity and inclusion will be critical at the onset. Getting everyone on the same page using the same language will be useful. Number two, training. Existing leadership and subsequently the rest of the workforce will require training and professional development throughout this process. Identifying your source for DNI training and professional development is important. You do not want to take this long journey alone and without guidance. Three, leadership support. Diversity and inclusion will live or die by the commitment of the board and executives. Access to coaching and advisors will be critical to support the leadership through this process, especially through challenging times. And in these challenging times, if the leadership does not stand firm or makes critical missteps, DNI efforts will surely falter. Four, recruitment. Identifying new and diverse workers will require a plan for recruitment purposes, but also require effort to think through the retention and promotion aspects as well. And then the fifth one, employees. The existing workforce will need support as the organization evolves to be more inclusive and bring in different ways of doing and knowing. The adjustment may be difficult for those already in the organization, but could be smoothed out if there's a plan to work with them to provide professional development opportunities along this journey. That's a good list of the roadblocks, and I'd like to summarize that. Some of those areas of focus are in the, in the words, the definition, in training, in leadership support, recruitment, and also work with employees. So what is a good first step, Dr. Jackson? A good first step is to do an assessment of the organizational culture 
and readiness of your organization to become more inclusive. Organizational culture encompasses the value and behavior that contribute to the unique social and psychological environment that makes up your organization. Changing organizational culture is not an easy task, but you certainly want to know what it is and how those in your organization interpret it before you tamper with your organizational culture. Changing organizational culture will require leaders to model, recognize, and share their vision for diversity and inclusion. It will require education, training, and rewarding people for new attitudes and behaviors linked to diversity and inclusion. And then finally, it will require consistent messaging of expectations and desired outcomes as it relates to diversity and inclusion in your organization. Dr. Jackson, thank you for providing those insights on the growing recognition of how critical diversity and inclusion is to business performance. As you reflect on all the research you've conducted and the organizations you've worked with, I'd like to conclude the show with three powerful statements that you could make about diversity and inclusion as transformative forces. I will leave you with three key takeaways. The first takeaway is there is very good evidence across all employment domains that women and people of color are highly likely to be employed in lower level positions and in less prestigious organizations than their white male counterparts. The second takeaway, organizations that view diversity and inclusion as value added and a central driver of quality are transformative agents in their industry. Said differently, organizations that view diversity and inclusion as potentially compromising the quality of their work and outcomes are unable to create good experience for diverse workers and in turn do not maximize the power of diversity and inclusion. Then lastly, the third takeaway, organizational ownership is key. That is, organizations that own the disparities that they create internally for diverse personnel are in the best position to address them and in turn implement DNI principles. Too often, the responsibility falls to diverse individuals to figure out how to navigate the organizations themselves professionally, while at the same time advocate for change. I like that you started this conversation about it's not about the efforts related to the organization, it's the people in the organization. And then you defined diversity and inclusion and, and the magic that can happen as a result of the work done between them. And you listed a good set of those key foundational principles and some action items. Before we go, though, I just want to say again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with our Q's podcast listeners. It was great to connect with you. If people want to reach out to you and they want to uh, do some, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? How can they connect? Currently, the best option to reach me would be one could visit me at the URL 
jcfnet.com or email me subsequently at jjackson at jcfnet.com and coming very soon Organizational Affairs Institute will be an opportunity to engage the type of thinking that I share with you today but also the related resources that would be useful for any credit union executives that would like to take their credit union on a journey to be more inclusive as it relates to workers and the customer base. Q's Podcast Nation, thank you so much for making this show part of your day. I'm excited about all the fun and exciting topics and guests that are heading your way in future episodes. But don't forget, we have dozens of shows that we've previously produced. We make it easy for you to access past shows If you subscribe to the podcast, you can be sure every episode is downloaded to your device and you'll be the first to gain access to each new show as soon as it is released. Just visit your favorite podcast directories such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, for example. Then do a search for Q's Podcast and hit subscribe. It's that simple. You can also visit cumanagement.com forward slash podcast. You'll find a link to the show there along with show notes for each and every episode. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.